Welcome back. I am Kumar Vikram, your host of the show Random Readings with Kumar Vikram. Today, as promised, I bring to you a, a special episode titled Free Kick Poetry, Books, Short Stories, and Football. On the eve of the great FIFA World Cup 2022 finale coming up on 18 December, with the fans of both the competing teams, France and Argentina, waiting with endless conversations and unspoken expectations. In the meanwhile, you can relax and listen to this episode with tidbits and literary info on the great spot of football. There are three segments in this episode. In the first one, I read out some poems on football by poet-in-residence of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, Sarah Waddle, and other poets which are discovered on poetry websites. The second segment gives you an overview of some interesting articles published by media houses such as CNN, The Guardian, and others on linkages between poetry or literature and football, introducing us to some footballers who have been poets in their own right. And in the third segment, I have compiled from various internet sites info related to some significant books on football which you can lay your hands on. I discovered the website of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and its post dated 18 November 2004, which is stated, quote, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club is located in North London. The club is also known as the Spurs. Tottenham's home ground is White Hart Lane. The club motto is Order is Fiesre, to dare is to do. In April 2004, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club appointed local poet Sarah Waddle as poet-in-residence. Sarah is a lecturer in poetry at Middlesex University and a previous winner of Poetry Review's New Poet of the Year Award. Below, you will find a selection of her work since her appointment. Unquote. So, out of the poems which have been listed there, I selected two poems to bring to you in the show. I read them out. Score Everyone knows the true score and three points are established. That some stand on the sidelines, sex up facts and turn their backs, while some again pass the buck but others give it their best shot, even when the goal looks far off and a score a hit. So whatever slant is put on it, a line has been crossed. Second poem is titled Tottenham Hotspur 1, Blackburn Rovers 0. The final score has a pleasing sound, the Prussian rush of childhood weekends, the story time lilt of that voice on grandstand, 
a piano is scale that climbs then descends and after this the smell of a bonfire the dry ice mist of winter breath Pat Jennings and John Travolta the test card on a three channel tv set and certain knowledge that saturday is pain the bank not yet run down though sunday wearing puritan gray will knock with homework to be done the discovery so to say of sarah waddle led me to search for more such poet uh, football club poets i stumbled upon the name of paul cookson who on his website states that he has been the official poet in residence of the national football museum in manchester since 2006 his poetry collections include give us a goal saturday men and footy fun further dumbarton football club a semi professional football club in dumbarton scotland founded on 23 december 1872 and one of the oldest football clubs in scotland announced on its website in 2016 about the appointment of poet stephen watt as the club's new poet in residence the website provides us link to his famous poem boghead commemorating boghead park where the club played for first 7 years of inception before shifting to its current place near Dumbarton Rock. I read the first stanza of the poem. Boghead Glorious, crumbling Miller Street entrance With your skinny, turstiles causing problems For anyone with an unhealthy lifestyle Here lay an alternative to the antidepressants. A further search yielded not one but a whole tradition of football clubs having their own poets in residence in Scotland, the UK, Ireland, etc. with poets like Hamish MacDonald, Lewis Kenny, John Cummins, Thomas Clark, etc. interpreting the joy, the fun, the vigor, failure and disappointments on and off the football fields in beautiful and powerful verses it is time for you to not only discover their writings but also look for the poet who can become the official poet of the football clubs in your neighborhood A CNN article by Brandon Griggs published on February 8, 2021 stated, Poetry plus football, it is not as strange as it sounds. Similarly, poet Di Goen in his essay published on 24th October 2017 on the website of Poetry Foundation stated, All great soccer players are poets. No wonder one can even find a website footballpoets.org that is focused on poems on football and by footballers this took me to this insightful article what are the best poems about football 
published in The Guardian on 8 July 2022, where the writer talks to many poets to explore the right answer. I read out for you some excerpts out of it. Quote, Ben Wickelson digs further. I can happily report many modern poets have written on the beautiful and not so beautiful game. I would recommend checking out Don Patterson's Nil Nil about the ignominious and tragic comic decline of a fictional Scottish football side. Poet laureate Simon Artemis's brilliantly titled Goalkeeper with a Cigarette, Sarah Waddle's collection Score 2005, centered around a time as poet in residence at Spurs, and Neil Rawlinson's The Penalty. My own debut collection, Way More Than Luck, contains a series of poems exploring the legends and myths of Liverpool Football Club. Dave Kirby has also written many poems about Liverpool and once lamented the gentrification of football in this poem called Jester's Hats. Away from these shores, Jordi Gomez points out points us towards O2 Platco in which the famous Spanish poet Rafael Alberti immortalizes a Barcelona goalkeeper who played on after being knocked out in the 1928 cup final where Alberti was watching from the terraces. To end things on a glamorous note, Simon Brown puts forward the Nottingham poet Rory Waterman who has wandered lonely as a cloud into the wasteland of lower league football and emerged with the excitingly titled Elferton Town O Brackley Town 189 There is a poem which I am reading out here The pitch is wide where the sun has not been seen on its hill cresting flight The TQ is long and shrouded in breath as men in fat coats grunt at each other though the game is going on but i'm on the terrace with 64 others where a bloke in a tank top and built like a tank turns to the dugouts and breaks the near silence change it up billy boy we are fucking wrong then he faces the game again is squinting afield as one of their wingers slaps a long cross out for a throw in come on lads he bellows rub rubbing his hands so this loss is his loss and also his triumph he boos at the visual and says cr to others and runs for a piss and doesn't drive home cross a ground off his list and no he was no one no he lives for this unquote i would like to end this segment with a reading of some experts uh, excerpts from the article noel king the poet and six other literary foot, foot footballers written by conor neville for irish sports web magazine balls that .ie published on 1st September 2022 the the footballer poets who have been uh, covered in this article are Noel King 
Damon Richardson, John Toshkak, Eamon Dunphy, and yes, Alvear Kamu, the great uh, literature, Theo Walcott, Steve Bruce. About the great literature, Alvear Kamu, Kono Neville writes, quote, the former goalkeeper with the racing university the Elgar turned his hand to writing later on and proved to be not all that bad. He may not have been strictly a professional footballer, but still he played at a highish level. Lie Stranger, his 1942 book is, in the words of the New York Times Review of Books, the exemplary existentialist novel. He is famously reputed to have remarked, All that I know most surely about morality and obligations, I owe to football. A quote which was rapturously received by all those who write about this sport for a living. Unquote. But I would like to leave you with the entry on John Benjamin Toshkak, a Welsh former professional football player and manager as covered in this article. Quote, John Toshkak published his first book of poetry while still at Anfield in 1976. He succeeded in getting that well-known scholar and bibliophile Kevin Keegan to write the foreword. Entitled, Gosh, it is Tosh, unkind critics were inclined to remark that the title was apt. Toshak boldly eschews modernism and sticks to a simple rhyming scheme. Trinity College professor of poetry Tony Curtis delivered his verdict by saying that he fervently hoped he was a better manager than a poet and urged him to stick to the day job. Supporters of Wales and any other clubs he has managed recently might have preferred him to have kept going at the poetry. Here is a Wales game against Yugoslavia in 1976 given the poetic treatment. The Yugoslavs were a skillful side, but we had to salvage some of our pride. An early goal we badly need but what we got was a shock indeed. A bad decision that really hurt. A penalty kick the Slavs convert. The second half was really confused. But the Welsh supporters weren't amused. Glockner chalked off two of my goals. The crowd poured on God bless their souls. A five minute break and orders restored. But in spite of it all, we still haven't scored. A quick search on goodreads.com for fiction based on football throws up an exciting and impressive list of 112 titles of which the top three entries are Keeper by Malpreet, Scott Ball by Stephen Ordinal, and again Paradise Road by Stephen Ordinal. The website shortstorybookclub.com 
lists a series of anthologies or short stories focused on football. Similarly, the website Goal.com lists top 30 books on this sport with titles such as Raised a Warrior, a memoir of soccer, grit and leveling the playing field by Susie Petroselli. She is the winner of the Vicky Orweiss Prize and tells the story of a time playing football in America. The memoir explores subjects like equal pay and the discrimination she faced while playing football. You know, this is a good one when it has been praised by the likes of tennis legend Billie Jean King. The site is worth looking for since it has a very impressive list of soccer books which deal with various good and not so good aspects of the sport. Talking about books, I am tempted to read for you a brief excerpt from one of the most significant books of the genre titled Touched by God, How We Won 1986 Mexico World Cup, written by the legendary Argentinian footballer Diego Maradona with Daniel Arcucci. These are the words of Maradona here describing the days immediately after being appointed captain of his national team in 1983 towards preparation for 1986 World Cup. So here I read from pages 6 to 9. Under the subheading, this passage appears. The subheading is, of course, that is what Maradona's team would be like. As soon as my dream of being the captain of the national team had come true, I made a decision. All the players had to feel that wearing the country's jersey was the most important thing in the world, no matter how much dough you could make playing for a European club. That was what I wanted Maradona's team to be like. That was what I wanted to establish. It was also really important to me when Bilardo told me I would always be a starter, which is exactly what I said to Xavier Mascherano many years later. I should have done the same thing with Messi, though I never told him that a piece of unfinished business. I accept those who refer to the national team as Maradona plus 10, just as I later called in Mascherano plus 10. But I never thought I could win a game on my own because that is simply not possible. That is why I thank all my teammates for their sacrifices, all of them except Passarella, that is. But I am getting way ahead of myself. It was March 83 and the story was just getting started. And almost two years would go by before I put the Argentine and national team jersey back on. Incredible, but true. So much would happen in the meantime. As is always the case with me, one year in my life is like three or four in everyone else's. I was back on the field one week after that meeting with Bilardo. I had been out with hepatitis for three months. The game against Betis ended in a tie, one-to-one. But what mattered most was that El Flaco Menotti was debuting as the coach. And with El Flaco on board, everything was different for everyone. The guys loved him 
because of how he treated them. I mean, they had had the German coach and Menotti could win you over with his words. Imagine, Guardiola himself went to see El Feco when he agreed to be the coach. Even today, when those guys get together, the first thing they do is ask about El Fleco. I really enjoyed playing for that Barcelona team and I remember great games like the one against Real Madrid at the Barnabeu Stadium. We won 2 to nothing and I scored an amazing goal. They still show it on television. I started off from beyond midfield in a devastating counter-attack. The goalie, Augustine, came out of the penalty area. I went past him and there was, not, there was nothing between me and the goal. I saw the Juan Joes, a short little defense player with long blonde hair and a beard, was coming up from behind. I faked, heading straight for the goal, but then I stopped short and waited. When he reached me, I pushed the ball, left with the outside of my foot, almost right on the goal line. The guy went straight past me and ended up straddling one of the goalposts. Just thinking about it hurts. And then I just flipped the ball into the goal. Easy as pie. The entire stadium gave me a standing ovation. Under El Paco Menotti, we finished fourth in the league. I was able to play in the last seven games of the season and we even won the Copa de Rey, beating Real Madrid under the great Don Alfredo Di Stefano. The idea was to march on to the next tournament. I thought that nothing as bad as the hepatitis would ever happen to me again, but I was wrong. We started out losing, but that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was the fourth game of the season when Bilbao's Athletic came to play at Camp Nou Stadium. It was a classic matchup against the Basques and the teams really gave it all their all. It sounds like something out of a novel, but it is true. It actually happened to me and it still hurts. That was a special episode number 8 for you, bringing you face-to-face -face with football and literature. Do write in and do let me know about your advices, your suggestions and your inputs. And of course, please do subscribe. See you again. Thank you.